Holocaust survivors, most now in their 80s or 90s, gathered at the Auschwitz death camp, commemorating the 75th anniversary of the liberation of the camp. Now, those in attendance expressed concern over rising anti-Semitism and hatred in Europe and around the world. And joining us with more is Rabbi Ariel Berger. He's founding director and senior scholar at the Witness Institute, author of the new book, Witness, Lessons from Elie Wiesel's Classroom. What would Elie Wiesel say about the young people today at Boston University, other campuses, that are either Holocaust deniers or know nothing about the Holocaust. What would he say to them? Well, you know, there was a survey just last week, the Pew survey showed that 50% of Americans couldn't explain how many Jews were killed in the Holocaust. And there are other surveys as well recently that show that millennials, 66% of millennials couldn't identify the word Auschwitz. So it's very disturbing. Elie Wiesel was deeply committed to memory and to transmitting memory, the sacred memory of the Holocaust. And he would be very concerned as we all are, that people are either forgetting or willfully forgetting what happened. And not just deniers, but bystanders, people who are standing off to the side, living in ignorance. And that's very, very disturbing, especially when we see a rise in anti-Semitism and the memory of the Holocaust is more important than ever. Now, in the book, he says, we must find what unites us but not allow the search to collapse the distinction between us. So at a time of rising incivility in the United States, what did he really mean about that? Well, restoring civil discourse and learning how to disagree well, whether it's uh, in the halls of power or at a Thanksgiving dinner table, is more and more important. But he was saying that we don't have to all believe the same thing or express the same beliefs or values or believe in the same expression of God in the world. We can have differences. We can respect one another and we can disagree about things and we can do it with deep respect and we can learn from one another. And he said a beautiful quote. He said, it is the otherness of the other which fascinates me. His favorite uh, book of the Bible was Job. And you discuss how he had mentioned arguing with God. Yeah. What did he mean about arguing with God? Should we argue with God? Well, you know that Elie Wiesel as a child was a very, very religious boy steeped in fervor. He said that he, he knew the streets of Jerusalem better than he knew the streets of his hometown. He studied mysticism. He prayed for the redemption of the world when the other kids were out playing ball. And he was filled with religious fervor. And then, of course, if you've read Night, you know that his faith was severely challenged, if not shattered, during the Holocaust in Auschwitz. And after the war, he tried to find a way to live a life of faith that was honest about the experience of the, what he called the kingdom of night, of Auschwitz and the darkness of the camps. And what he came to was what he called a wounded faith, where his expression of faith had a lot to do with arguing with God. And he would ask his questions. He would challenge God. He lived in a kind of quarrel, lover's quarrel with God for the rest of his life. And this, of course, is drawing on an old biblical Jewish tradition where Abraham argues with God mm -hmm. on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you notice, if you read the verses carefully, right before that, God kind of turns to the camera and says, will I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, that I'm about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? There's an invitation from God to argue with God on behalf of humanity. In the book, you mentioned Cambodia, you mentioned Bosnia, Rwanda, Darfur, mm -hmm. and I would even add more recently the genocide against Christians and Yazidis in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, what do we do to prevent future holocausts, future genocides? Because it doesn't seem like we've been doing a very good job of it since the holocaust. First of all, if Elie Wiesel were here, I believe he would be shouting about what's happening to Christians and Yazidis and others in the Middle East. Um, 
And we have to pick up that cry, that rallying cry. We can't remain silent when people are suffering anywhere in the world, whether it's overseas or in our own country. And he was disturbed by this question for, for his whole life. He felt that it's impossible after Auschwitz that there could be another genocide. He told us in class once, I, we believed, our, the survivors believed that Auschwitz was the last one. How could there be another one? How could the world not learn the lesson? And yet we see that the world has not learned the lesson. So I believe, and he believed, that we have to go to the root of the question. It's not just about tactics and policies. It's about healing the human heart. It's about going very deeply into what makes us human. How do we learn to live together and respect, and more than respect, but to have deep reverence and awe for the image of God. Well, I think you mentioned in the book that he said, once you hear the testimony of a witness, you too become a witness, That's right. correct? That's right. And the book is Witness Lessons from Elie Wiesel's Classroom, a fascinating book. I learned a lot about him, Professor Wiesel, Professor who Wiesel. was your mentor. That's right. I just want to mention I'm continuing his work now with something called the Witness Institute, which is taking his legacy and his tools and methods for training and awakening people in moral education and applying that to leadership development. So that's the new project that I hope will continue his legacy. Okay. Ariel Berger, thank you so much. Thank you Rabbi, very much. Pleased to see you. Thank you. Thanks.